Blog Talk Radio. Anybody hear me now? I guess that technical technician thing. I'm very, very sorry. Can you hear me now? All righty. Welcome to the first Korean Bible Chapel online church service through Blog Talk Radio. Sorry about the mess uh, song earlier. It seemed to be a little muffled. I don't know. Maybe I'll try another one in a little while. Uh, I am very grateful for all of y'all coming here tonight. 
This is all an answer to prayer. This is completely an answer to prayer. And right now, I just want to, uh, again, extend my welcome and the welcome of uh, all the fellowship here who've been praying for this day and praying for this time. Hello, everybody. And uh, I just want to uh, just say that tonight, or before we begin in prayer, I just want to know that uh, it's very, very precious that uh, we have this freedom. I don't know how else I can say it. We have this liberty and freedom in Christ Jesus. Uh, Still in this country, despite the darkness we see approaching, despite everything that uh, seems to be around us, to to the contrary, we still have freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus to meet here in this way. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to open in prayer. I see Kathy is here. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Sherry. Jill, Peggy, Sharon. I'm looking through the, uh, and all our guests. Uh, Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Good having you here, too. And uh, I just wanted to say that I'm just very much uh, praising the Lord. I see the chat room is just filling up, and I'm happy for that. I, uh, I've i done this before with the In Christ Alone Ministries, but I've never really, really flown solo before. So you're all going to have to bear with me tonight. We're going to make sure that it all, all this uh, opportunity we have here and look, uh, y- y'all say, uh, Sharon just said, it's so great to hear your voice. Well, <laughs> yes, it is, I guess, depending on your point of view. But uh, if you guys want to call me, call into the show, uh, I can, uh, the number to call in to the, sh- to the guest call in is uh, 347-996-5867. Now, I know some of you are already using a phone to uh, get into the chat and listen. But if there's anybody out there listening and they want to call in and give a testimony or maybe a praise or a prayer request, you can call. Again, that number is 347-996-5867. And all i got to do, according to the studio, is click on the little phone up there and then we'll hear your voice. So... If anybody out there in uh, Radio Land wants to, Blog Talk Radio Land wants to do that, uh, you're more than invited. Uh, I just want to, again, I just want to say that uh, the opportunity that we have here uh, is very precious, and, and let us not for a moment forget that. Our bre- uh, I, I've been, I follow a, a number of websites and a number of uh, groups and some of them uh, directly related to what our brethren overseas and the persecuted church go through. And as we've been uh, meeting together on our group page, in silence, really, because uh, we couldn't hear each other's voices, we saw each other's posts, and we saw the prayer request and all, and of course, Kathy and her uh, outstanding service as our prayer coordinator, you know, is is uh, diligent and dedicated and, and completely devoted to the matter of prayer. 
And uh, I'd like everybody right now just, I, I know you've done it before, but right now just, you know, give a shout-out, praise the Lord to uh, Kathy Hunt, Kathy Foss Hunt for her service to the Lord Jesus at Berean and taking the prayer request. I would appreciate that. And uh, I see some are having problems listening. I don't know what I, I, all I can say is try to refresh and come back in. Uh and I just want to say, uh, in addition to what I said about Kathy, uh, on the group page, uh, many of you are faithful posters, and you, the Holy, when the Holy Spirit leads you to post something, you do post it, and that's that's just, it's fantastic. You just don't know the the liberty in Christ Jesus it, that's being exercised there. Hello, Randall, welcome. And uh, let's see. Uh, Let's pray, okay, everybody, before I, before I get a little off on a rabbit trail. I don't want to get off on rabbit trails tonight. <laughs> All right. Father God in heaven, we thank you for this time together. We we thank you for the uh, opportunity we have to gather in uh, liberty and freedom in Christ Jesus. Lord, we know the gift of freedom in this nation seems to be dwindling, and, and we see the uh, religious freedom is under assault attack on many, many fronts. But despite all the fiery darts that we see blazing by us, and despite all the uh, approaching darkness, and despite everything, Lord, uh, we just uh, we we commit this service tonight to you. We commit it to your uh, loving kindness. We commit it to your Holy Spirit, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, take control of this service. Just use it for your glory. Use it for your uh, uh, ministry in our hearts as you dwell and, and live within us and, and help us to be ever sensitive to your leading and guidance and direction in our lives. We thank you for the fellowship that brings us together in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, befriend and brothers and sisters. We thank you for the the uh, wonderful way you've uh, allowed the Berean Bible Chapel in the online fellowship there and the uh, 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 members and participants. Father, we, we're just amazed how uh, we're so spread out all across this world, and yet we're like light shining in, in dark places, and, and our light is in Jesus Christ, Lord, and we know uh, in you all things are possible, Lord. Some of us are praying for family, Lord. Tonight we pray for all the lost family members in our fellowship, in our church, in our circle of, of loved uh, brothers and sisters, Lord. We pray for those who are lost. We pray that your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord Jesus, would just pierce their hearts and bring them under conviction and, and lead them to you, Lord. We pray for those who are backslidden and, and perhaps struggling in their faith, Lord, for whatever reason. We, we ask you, Lord, to just speak to their hearts and bring them back and to uh, return to their first love, which is you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for this uh, uh, mercy and grace you give us, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I keep saying that word, Lord, because it keeps coming up in my heart, right, that this is an opportunity to serve you and to, and to live for you, Lord. And... In this opportunity and in this service, Lord, help us to realize that the days are short, Lord, that 
soon we'll hear the trumpet and, and soon we'll be out of here, Lord, and that you raised up this New Testament fellowship, this this assembly of uh, believers, Lord, uh, in Jesus Christ, that uh, we're here to shine as lights and, 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 and be salt in, in necessary situations and and to to preserve fellowship and to preserve uh re- relationships in Jesus Christ lord lord we're we're surrounded by a, a, a american churchianity and professing christendom and in many quarters lord and in many many areas there's just absolutely just just a, a a departure from the faith lord and it grieves our hearts to see churches fall i think of sharon dejonas I I think of her courage and bravery, Lord, standing up in her church and asking them to look up the word apostasy and look up the word of what is, uh, you know, essential and 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 their Christian faith and walk, Lord, and and how their church it just broke her heart, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, for such a sister with such courage, Lord, and such a uh, a. a, a fortified faith, Lord, even though it, it broke her heart and even though it, it just just dredged up all kind of sorrow and, 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 and sadness, Lord, but in the middle of it, you came through like a light shining in her life, Lord, and you came through in your Holy Spirit power and you came through and and, and, and took her hand and, and has, let, has led her in her faith, Lord. Now, Lord, I pray this. I just, I just uh, bring these prayers before you. I thank you that you're listening. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now, I, I just uh, give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Can I hear an amen from everybody else? <laughs> I am, I am, I am very, very uh, happy to see the chat room filling up. I mean, <laughs> praise the Lord. Hello, Jill Meadows. How are you? And I just, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm going to give, I'll be giving shout outs all night long. And uh, uh, I just want you to know that this time together, uh, just going to put you in God's word later and uh, make sure you got your Bibles handy because you might be taking a tour through the scriptures. You never know with Chaplain Bill. I'm gone, you know. And and I, I just want to say something. I just want to, uh, I just want to, express something that's very near and dear to me. And I'm not going to say this as a criticism, but when people, when you guys refer to me, uh, please don't say uh, it's the teaching of Chaplain Bill. (laughs) It's the teaching of the scripture. Chaplain Bill is just a messenger, okay? Uh, I'm nobody. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, just like the rest of you guys. And and, uh, it took me... Four years of following Jesus to really listen to him, you know what I mean? And I'm just, uh, I'm just as human as the rest of you guys. Uh, you guys know that. I mean, you see me post. Uh, you, you read my, what I'm saying. And yes, I, I do. I, I am more than ever in my life trying to be attuned to God's word and, and what the Holy Spirit is saying, and to be obedient to that. Yeah, that's. You know, it's not easy. Uh, I mean, how do I say this without sounding? It, it is a very fine line between saying something is of the Holy Spirit and being able to validate it in your life. Because, you know, 
we all know the person in the mirror looking back at us. And what we're keenly aware of when we look in that mirror is that God knows our hearts, you know. He knows our innermost thoughts. He knows our motivations. He knows everything. And that is a great, incredible responsibility and and an incredible uh, uh, biblical privilege that we have to know that God knows our heart, that the Holy Spirit can keep us in check. So when I... When I feel led to post stuff and and, and, and and offer teaching, it's please, please, please understand. It's it's not Bill's opinion, you know. It's not Bill's uh, 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 special insight. You guys have the same privilege and the same uh, power in Jesus Christ and the and and the Holy Spirit to work in your lives just as he works in mine. And uh, I am grateful for the opportunity to, to be a servant of servants uh, in spiritual leadership after 40 years of serving the Lord. And I see that, you know, uh, that this may very well be, you know, the pattern of the future, online worship, uh, house churches. I mean, we see the uh, incredible state of affairs in professing Christendom. We see that because the church, and this is just, this is my assessment, I will say this, this is my assessment here, and maybe some of you share it, this assessment that I'm going to share, but we see where American churchianity has advocated biblical theology. We see where where uh, uh, we I mean, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to, to see that because we, uh, by and large, uh, uh, professing Christian, Christians have, by and large, uh, tried to buy into that line where, where somehow we can reinvent biblical Christianity. No, we can't reinvent biblical Christianity. We have to stay true to biblical Christianity. I mean, when 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 Jesus is talking about the last days and the end times before he comes, and what does he say? He says that, you know, he that endures unto the end, the same shall be saved. Do you know that word, when it says he that endures unto the end, that word endure? You know what it means? It doesn't mean uh, put up with. It doesn't mean tolerate. It doesn't mean uh, deal with. It doesn't mean that. You know what it means? It means be found faithful. Be found faithful. That's what we're here for, to be found faithful, because that's what the lost are looking for. That's what the unsaved, even those who hate us the most, in their their heart of hearts, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for faithfulness. They're looking for somebody who's consistent, they're looking for somebody who's true to God's word. That's what that's what the the lost are searching for. They're looking for something they can hold on to and know that there's no doubt it's ever going to disappear. There's no doubt it's it's going to be compromised and watered down and thrown away. Because that's that's what this American churchianity has turned into. 
You've got people who preach the word of God for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden they they take a step back and they get on and, and give some sermon, and they dare to tell people there's no hell. That, you know, hell was invented by uh, early Christians to control people. That's demonic. That's what Satan wants people to believe, that there's no hell. That's what Satan... He, he 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 hungers for is that people abandon God's word. Well, let me tell you something. Berean Bible Chapel is going to make sure Satan starves because we're not going to give him no food for thought. We're not going to give him no uh, encouragement. We're not going to give him any inroads. We're not going to give him any uh, opportunities to exploit our faith. We're going to say, get thee behind us, Satan, in Jesus Christ's name and by the power of the blood of Christ, get behind us, because we're not going to tolerate, you know, compromise in our midst. And we're not going to tolerate people who, who think they can reinvent God's word. Unbelievable that people dare, dare to reinvent God's word. You know, how do they, how do people reinvent God's word? Well, they take out this part, and they take out that part. Yeah, uh, uh, here I go. I've, I've already got on my little uh, soapbox here, folks, but this is very near and dear to me. A biblical New Testament fellowship can only call itself that if it's what? If it's what? If it's grounded on God's word. If it's steadfast on God's word, if it holds on to God's word, because God, let me tell you something, folks. The word of God is 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 the declaration of God's faith in Himself. That's what God. That that that's where our our, our Holy Spirit is. Is His power is in God's word, His glory. Uh, the glory of Jesus Christ is well, where do we find it in God's word, and in the scriptures, and in the and in the promises of God, and in the and then in the prophecy. It's we find Jesus Christ. That what does it say in John? It says, "And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us." The Word of God became a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. That's why when we read the New Testament and the Gospels, that's why when we heard in faith and accepted Christ, that's why we gravitate to Jesus. Because we know it's, it's inside of us, that empty space inside of us that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. It was put in us at birth and in our conception before we were even in the womb that was put in with us. And only Jesus can fill that space. And only Jesus Christ, you know, it's all about Jesus Christ. All prophecy, all scripture, it all goes back, it all points to, it all declares, it all lifts up, it all benefits Jesus Christ. Because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. The Lord of glory, the redeemer, the savior, our advocate, the lamb of God, the resurrection and the life, our shepherd and bishop of our souls, our judge, the man of sorrows, the head of the church, our master, 
the faithful and true witness, our high priest, the living door, living water, the great I am, Jesus Christ, the day spring, the wonderful counselor, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the almighty, the everlasting father, Shiloh. It's all about Jesus. Wherever you look in God's word, you'll find Jesus. Every book, every chapter, every verse, somewhere, you'll find Jesus. Old Testament, New Testament, that's what we stand on, the scriptures. We stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it says in the scriptures, without faith it is impossible. I see where Kathy put the author and finisher of our faith. Amen, Kathy. She makes a very, very solid point here, folks. You know what that means? It means where it goes in the scripture and it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Well, whose faith pleases God? The faith of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus came to share, his faith. His faith. His faith pleases God. And when we trust in him, we become adopted into the beloved. We become like the early church was called, Christians, Christ-like. But you know what also they were called? They were called little Christ. The people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and loved Jesus and preached his word and loved Jesus Christ. The people in their communities called them little Christ. They called them examples of, well, you know, when somebody would ask them, well, who is this Jesus? they say, you want to know who Jesus is? Go look at this guy. He's just like him. He lives just like him. He he follows everything he says. And would that would that in this day, in 2013, that when people look at us, they would say, well, we're of Christ too. And not just of Christ, but Man, if I, you want to know how Jesus is? Go see Kathy Hunt. Go see Sharon Dejanis. Go see Jill Meadow. Go see Peggy Class. Go see Barb. Go see Sher- Sherry Metcalf. And all you guests, I wish I knew your names. I would say that about you too. Go see you. Go see them. You want to know what Jesus is? Go see them. They're just like Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to do. And that's how we as a church, Berean Bible Chapel, it's not just a Facebook group, folks. It's the Church of the Living God. It's not just a a room that's located on Facebook. We're a fellowship of believers. And one thing unites us. What unites us? Say it to me. Say it to me. What unites all of us together at the Brian Bible Chapel group? What's the one thing that unites us? Yes, Kathy, we're the body of Christ, but your first statement is more accurate. Jesus unites us. That's right, Sherry. Jesus unites us. Let me hear an amen. That's what we gather. That's whose name we gather in. And Jesus promises in his word. He promises there's no dispute. There's no compromise. There's no doubt. There's no nothing and nobody like him in the history of the world. Jesus Christ unites us. He he wants us to be one in him. 
his great high priestly prayer before he went to the cross. That was one of the things he prayed for. He prayed that, Lord, even as we are one, make them one. Do we even, can we even begin to comprehend? Can we even begin to comprehend what that must be like to be one with the Father? And yet Jesus offers us the same exact privilege. He offers us the same exact glory. I I am humbled. I am completely blown away that I can be one with Jesus Christ. That I can be one with the Father. You know, I gave a message earlier on, on the on the uh Berean Bible Chapel group. And in the message, I talked about the veil being split in two and God's hands reaching down and just tearing that curtain asunder right in front of the high priest, right in front of the people standing at the Holy of Holies. And you know something? When we're one in Christ, that's what Jesus died for. That's what Jesus died for. He died for us to be what? To be strengthened in his faith to be strengthened in Him, to be strong in Him. He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to be obedient. He says, he, he, told, he told the people when He taught them, He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't even do the things I say? You know, Jesus can look across the crowd and He can see who's true and who's not. He can see who's going through the motions. He can see who's just, you know, playing games with God. Well, I'm here to tell you, folks, those days are over. Those days are over. Because when we're in fellowship together, one in Christ Jesus and at Berean Bible Chapel, you know you know what we have? And uh, I've seen it. I've seen it in posts. I've seen it in discussions. I've seen it in the, uh, in the uh, threads. That's the online term I was just looking for. We see it in the threads. And what is what do we see? We see discerning. We see discernment. We see we recognize who's who's true and who's not. On another group, one of the ladies, God bless her, she needs to really repent and, and come to Christ because uh I can't see how anybody can be in Christ and say, I'm not gonna pray for the whole world to get saved. That's just something wrong with that. That's just wrong. And you know, it was discernment that just put the red flag up, and 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 you know, you, you, we had to just you know, I'm I'm an admin there and uh, on the end time news, and I just uh, you know, I tried to I tried to I tried to reason with her, you know, I tried to understand where she was coming from, but she wouldn't accept scripture. She wouldn't accept the scripture. And if you don't accept the scripture, how can you say you're one in Christ Jesus? How can you say, well, I'll ask the Holy Spirit who to who who I'm supposed to pray for? You don't need to ask the Holy Spirit who you're supposed to pray for. All you got to do, all you got to do is read where Jesus says in Matthew 28, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every living person. 
What does it say? Yeah, Randall. Randall makes a good uh, reference. John 3.16. There you go. All you got to do is read John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Hey, if Jesus loves the world enough to come die for it, then guess what? I have to love Jesus enough to tell the world that Jesus came and died for him. That's what we're supposed to do as believers. And when you dare uh, exploit God's word and, you know, come across like you're this, this, and this, and really in your heart of hearts you're not, I don't know I don't know her problem. All I know is I prayed for her, and my heart was broke that somebody who could profess Jesus Christ could actually trample on God's word at the same time they say they uphold God's word. And, you know, that's discernment. And that's, that's a gift from the Holy Spirit. All of us have discernment to one thing. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you something. And I, this is my rule of thumb. I'll share this. And this, you can say, is something Bill, uh, Chaplain Bill teaches. But this is something true. If you're ever in the discussion with somebody and you're ever in a, I'm talking a spiritual discussion now, and you're ever dealing with them, uh, with the Word of God, and, you know, trying to point them to Christ, and you, you know, you listen to them, and they profess to be saved, and something in your heart tells you, you know, this person might not really be saved. They might not really know you, Lord. So I'm going to pray for them, and now I'm going to approach them as if they're not saved. You know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit telling you that person isn't saved. That's the Holy Spirit putting that little red flag up right right by your ear. You know, right there. You go, Jill. You uh, you said it right. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty two, and and that's what the Holy Spirit does. He shows us who's true and who's not. He shows us who's free and who's not. He shows us that, hey, you know, that person says they're saved. They 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 say all these things about it, but are they saved? Lord, only you know they're saved, but I'm going to have to look at them like they're not and pray for them like they're not because they need your word. They need to know that they can stand on your word and and, and, and trust in your word. As they trust in you, Lord. Because, you know, Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says what? It says, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. I am stunned when I read that verse in John. I am stunned. Because you know what it, you know what it does in my heart? It. It makes me long to be with Jesus. It makes us long to be with Jesus. We want to share in that glory. We want to, we want to, we, some of us are so hungry for Jesus to come back and so, so longing for Jesus to come back that this, to be gone would be a release. It would be a release. It would be joy. It would be un, unequal joy. And someday we will. But, you know, in the event that we're still here five years from now, I don't know how, but <laughs> if we're here five years from now, may we be found faithful. May we be found faithful. And I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, 
as I look at the Berean Bible Chapel Fellowship and I see it growing and I see so many people participating and I see some people come back time and again and they post and and I I I'm aware of who's who's coming in there and and you know and they're not really they're not really into uh you know being there all the time that's understandable not all everybody can't be there all the time but when we're watching the fellowship grow I just wanted to grow in Jesus you know I just wanted to I just wanted to just grow in Jesus Christ. I wanted to just, when people online say, I can recommend a good place to go, go to the Berean Bible Chapel uh, group. Go, go there. Uh, they'll help you. And that's what I want us to do. You know what I mean? That's what I want us to do. That's what, yes, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. To to be diligent in, in, in what we desire for the fellowship. Because, you know, it is, it isn't just a group. It's a it's a it's a a fellow. We're all fellows in one ship, as the old illustration goes, you know. And we're and you know, we got to realize that Jesus is in the boat with us. Jesus is in the ship with us. That's what fellowship is all about. We're not just all, all fellows in one ship, you know. Jesus is there in the boat with us. And sometimes Jesus might even step out of the boat and walk on the water and ask us to come with him. And we may be like. Uh, okay, and, you know, like Peter, we'll step out, and we'll stand there amazed and stunned, and all of a sudden we'll take our eyes off Jesus and we'll find ourselves underwater. But, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And he knows we're human. And I just, you know, I'm just praising God for the opportunity we have to fellowship and, and see all the posts and, I don't want, and let me address another issue since I'm talking candidly in this little fireside chat. I just, uh, I don't want Berean Bible Chapel, and I've, I've posted this, but I, I really don't want it to become the enemy of the local church. I don't want that. I, I, I can, I know that there are people who can't go to church. They're either homebound for illness or they're, uh, uh, they don't have a church, and uh, so they do rely upon, you know, online fellowship to help fortify their spiritual, you know, uh, state and their uh, walk with Christ and all this. But I uh, I don't want Berean Bible Chapel, you know. I don't want some pastor somewhere saying, uh, don't get on Facebook and stay away from that Berean Bible Chapel people. The only people I want to say anything like that about us is the uh, people who, you know, uh, uh, are so wrapped up in uh, carnality that, you know, you know, and even then, I, I, I don't want us to be, uh, you know, attacking them all the time and uh, being known that all we do is attack people. I don't, of course, I don't want that. We're going to stand up against false teachers. Yeah, Kathy, you're right. And we are going to... Uh, in fact, I'm organizing a series of uh, messages probably uh the end of this month, I hope, to uh, actually have a message on confronting the cults, and we'll, we'll address a particular cult. And that's why I keep asking you guys, you know, post on the group page which cult you want to see addressed, and I'll be glad to put together a message for it. I'm also looking into some other things, and, and that is to... Uh, bring in the guest speakers 
uh, uh, people who can uh, join me on the uh, blog talk broadcast and, and give them the mic for about half hour, maybe an hour, and, and let them, you know, and, and let them to uh, uh, just give you their experience and their, and, their, and their testimony. And, of course, I'll check them out beforehand. But there are some learned uh, brothers and sisters, and there are some uh, very faithful ones. And, uh, you know, when when I see a cult, you know, when that little red flag goes up, the Holy Spirit throws up next to my right ear, and I and I see that, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna expose it, folks. Let's be straight. Somebody comes into our group, and you know they they don't post nothing for let's say two or three weeks, and all of a sudden they start posting false stuff. I guarantee you, we're gonna stand up against it. And that's what I love about uh, the uh, people who do post on Brian is that they, they don't mince no words. You know, if they recognize something's not biblical, they're going to say it. And uh, that's what we're going to be known for, standing on God's word and, you know, uh, if need be, contending for the faith once delivered to the saints. Because that's, you know, we can't give these cults and these reinventing uh, of Christianity folks, we can't give them an inch or they're going to take a yard, you know what I mean? And every yard they take, it's more people being misled and, and led down the primrose path and all that. There's just no, uh, there's just no, no way that we're going to be like that. Uh, you know, standing up against uh, compromise, that we're going to st- stand, you know, and and be silent in the face of compromise of the scripture. It ain't going to happen. You know, it's not going to happen. We just, you know. Marian won't tolerate that. <laughs> Our name comes from a group of Bible believers who, what they just literally spent almost every waking hour looking through the scriptures to see if what they were being told was actually biblical. And that's where I want us to come from. You know, that's where that's our perspective. So, it, yeah, like Kathy says, it's going to be truth and all truth. And that's it. That's all, you know, there's just no other way to say it. So, okay, I've been uh, talking now for, oh my goodness, almost uh, 42 minutes. <laughs> oh my word! Uh, I just, I just am just so grateful for the opportunity to, that y'all can finally hear my voice and that y'all can uh, have some connection. You know, some connection there that you. Uh, some of you miss in fellowship and some of you, uh, you know, are used to and all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, Kathy, you're nodding your head up and down? Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to follow the chat, but y'all y'all go so fast, you're typing at light speed, folks. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know, it's just... Biblical truth has a way of just finding a finding fertile ground in our hearts, doesn't it? It's just it's like it's like watching a rose, you know, fully bloom, and and you're just amazed at how beauty beautiful it is. It's like it's like uh, I don't know. It's all you guys out there who are listening, Randall. Um, I don't know if you like roses, brother. 
I'm not going to compare biblical truth to a, a 12-pound trout. <laughs> but, you know, we know as, as as brothers and sisters, you know, what lifts our hearts and our spirits. Hey, Laura, I just saw you pop in. Um, I just wanted to say hello, Laura. Deponic Light, how are you, girl? I hope everything's doing fine with you. And I uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Laura. And I just, you know, I just want to say uh, that I hope as you come to the Berean group and I hope as you uh, fellowship there that you are lifted in your faith and that you are, you know, uh, encouraged and, and that you find uh, a place where it is. I want Berean to be that, that little harbor of rest. You know what I mean? You're all over Facebook, you're doing this group, that group, maybe you're getting into a debate with somebody, maybe somebody's grieving you somewhere else. I just want Berean to be a, a, a chapel, an online chapel where you can just come and just kind of, uh, you know, just rest in Christ and, and maybe fellowship and maybe just somebody will post a, a song or somebody will post a, uh, somebody will post a, uh, 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 a scripture passage and, and their little insight into it. And that's what I want. I want Berean to be like a harbor of rest for all the uh, ships of faith to just come into that little harbor and, and tie up at our dock and just, uh, you know, avail themselves of friendship in Jesus. Because that's, what, that's, what, that's where we are. That's where we're all coming from. And, and we're just, uh, we're all about trying to help people. So we're all about just, you know, serving the Lord and doing uh, his will because, uh, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what, that's why the fellowship was founded, I believe. That's why it was established and it was a creation of the Holy Spirit. I never, let me tell you something. I thought I was going to be uh, just using my Facebook page and I just thought I was just going to be, you know, occasionally uh, preaching with the In Christ Alone Ministries and all, but everything just changed differently. It just all, it just changed. And uh, I was sensitive to what I thought the uh, Scripture would do, you know, and, uh, and what the Holy Spirit was leading me to do. And I was just uh, obedient and, and trying to be obedient and trying to be sensitive. And as uh, some have said it tonight, uh, diligent to the leading because you know so many times how here's something I wanted to briefly mention is that in your Christian life think, just think about this you know I'm going one on one with all of you now I don't know I, I know some of you from online some of you from your post some of you uh, hey is that Linda Brazzini hello Linda Brazzini uh, yeah <laughs> how you doing Linda lives in Goose Creek about, I don't know, about 20 minutes from my front door. <laughs> yeah, hey, Linda. Everybody give a shout-out to Linda because she's a sweet gal, and, and uh, I've known her for years, and uh, my she's good friends with my wife and our dear friend Sherry Evans and Danny and all. She lives like, she, she well, she, she lives right down where they used to live because they just moved and went to... Uh, uh, let's see, they went to Somerville. They got a place in uh, Somerville about 15 minutes from my front door. 
But, uh, yeah, hello, Linda. It's, it's good to see you. And, you know, well, I just want everyone to know this, is that uh, I want us to have a fellowship that increases our walk with Christ, makes us more sensitive to, to you know, things in our lives. You know, we all of us have so many different uh things we're praying about, so many different uh, concerns in our heart, and and uh, I, w- I want Berean to be a place where people can come and they can say, you know, if they want to do it privately in a private message to me, that's fine. They want to do it in a private message to Kathy Hunt, that's fine. Or one of the other sisters or brothers, that's fine. You know, none of us have a monopoly on love, and Jesus tells us to love one another as you know, Christ loved the church. That's what the Bible teaches. And so I want us to be the kind of place where somebody can come and if they got something weighing them down or they got something just, you know, hurting them, uh, I want them to be able to at least, you know, privately in a private message where somebody can pray and I just want them to just, you know, have some, uh, have a place where they can come and find someone to help. You know what I mean? I, I I want us to be at a place where we're just, you know, we're not just there to be religious or, or be externally, you know, like we're on fire for God. I want us to bring that fire to people who need to be loved and, and are searching and hurting and, and perhaps struggling. That's what it's all about, folks. That's why Jesus came. That's what Jesus came. You know, when... When they were with Jesus and they saw all the miracles he did and they saw all the wonders he did and then they saw the cross which shows the length that God will go to show his love. That's where we're supposed to be. If we're in the middle of watching something on the, on Fox News, you know, some breaking story or something, and we're also online at the same time, like many of us juggle both, you know. And, you know, we're watching this, and maybe it's a, it, on what well, it might be interesting, or maybe we're just doing something else. But if you see, if you see, if the Holy Spirit shows you somebody is talking and they need some help, I want, I want you to be really, really, really sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to to his leading, because he might be telling you to help that person, whether it's a prayer, whether it's just a simple private message to that person and saying, hey, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. I don't know your details. If you want to share them, that's fine. But I just want you to know that, you know, we're here. And, yes, you can share, and you can learn God's will, and you can learn, you know, like Jill just said that about sharing and knowing God's will. But, yes, more importantly, to love them, to to, to, to let them know their love. That, that's where I'm going here. Is, you know, it might be that you've known this person online for a long time, but they might be struggling with this, and they might be struggling with whatever it is they're struggling with, and they might be at a crossroads in their little journey, you know what I mean? And you might can make all the difference. God gives you the words to say and the love to show and the prayers to offer. That might be the very turning point for those people because that's 
where we have, yes, yes, I, I was going to say a, another term, but Kathy says it, Kathy says it a little bit more better. She says a divine appointment. Yes, because sometimes these things happen. And, and all of us, all of us who serve Jesus, I've served Jesus Christ for 40 years. And I'm telling you, there are times in my past that I do regret. I'm heartbroken over because I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me at that time. And for some reason, I didn't follow up. And then later, I learned what that person was going through. And I knew I could have helped them. How many times have we been there? How many times have we been there to where we, oh, I, I should have said something. Well, some of these instances are very serious, and some of them are, you know, what we might look at as, oh, I could deal with that easy in my Christian life. But other people, what what will they do? You know, they might not be as strong as you spiritually, or they may not know God's word as well as you do. And that's why you're there, and that's why you're there. Because what? Because we have to know to, you know, what what God says. I, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that is humbling to love somebody, to love on somebody, to just, in Jesus' name, to just you know, where they know, oh, if I got something to say, that brother will help me or that sister will help me. And I can count on them. And a very important part of this, and I have to say this too, having been in ministry for 40 years now, but I'll tell you this. The most important thing you can do is keep the information to yourself. You understand what I'm saying here? Don't broadcast their their hearts revelations, you know what I mean? You know, even the best of intentions, you know, uh, I just want to gather more people. You want to gather more people to pray for somebody, and you do it without revealing the details of why you're praying, because some of those details might be very personal and very private, and they might be very, 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 very dear to that person's heart. They don't want the whole world to know. They just want God to know. And they want you to know. You understand? That's a sacred trust. That's a sacred trust. I know stuff about some people that, you know, would shock you. But I'm not at liberty to share that information. Because why? Because that person trusts me to pray for them. And I will. And I want you all to be sensitive to that. Because that is one of the most important things of ministry you can ever have. And let me tell you something. It ain't just Chaplain Bill who's in, involved with the ministry here. All of y'all are involved with the ministry at Berean Bible Chapel. Because we all contribute. All of us. God is using all of us. We're the body of Christ. Like somebody up here posted earlier. We are. We're the body of Christ. Some of us are hands. Some of us are feet. Some of us are the purse. Some of us, you know, are, are the robe. You know, some of us don't even consider themselves the hem of his garment. But we're all part of the body of Christ. And we're all used of God according to his will. When we talk about learning God's will, knowing God's will, sometimes sometimes that includes doing exactly 
what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. Without hesitation, without compromise, without debating the situation. You know, yes, examine what what you're being approached with, and if you don't feel qualified, you don't feel certified, you don't feel, you know, oh, I, I can't deal with this. I'm going to, i tell you what, I'm, I'll send you the, talk to Chaplain Bill, he'll talk to you, or I'll send you the so-and-so sister or so-and-so brother because I think they can really give you a better advice than I could. But I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to love you. You know, it's no shame. It's no, it's no, uh, what is the word? It's, it's no disgrace to feel that, okay, you know, I can't really help you resolve this, but I know somebody who can. And you know what that is? That's called biblical wisdom. Some of, some of us go through life and we think we have all the answers and we can solve everything. When all people want us to do really is just listen. They want us to listen and they want us to pray. Some people just need somebody to listen to. You know, somebody who will listen to them, I mean. And yes, some people want someone to listen to. And you know who they need to listen to is Jesus, right? And who, where are they going to find Jesus? They're going to find him in you. They're going to find him in you. And they're going to find him exactly where you need to, you know. Amen. Amen, Kathy. Quick to hear, slow to speak. That's right. Or like they used to teach me in Bible school. You know, what is it? Uh, stand up, speak up, shut up. It sounds a little harsh, but for a bunch of preacher boys, it drilled home, you know. Sometimes God just wants you to stand up and speak and then sit down and be quiet and let the Holy Spirit work, you know. Paul said it best, what? He says that what? He says that I plant, somebody else waters, but God gives the increase, right? Isn't that what the Holy Spirit does? He uses us to reach into lives, but it is he who does the work, right? It's Christ who does the work. Hello, Ed. Welcome. And I'm I'm saying all this to just, you know, encourage everybody tonight. I guess this has turned into a message of encouragement in the first hour. And in a few minutes, we'll get into God's word. And we'll we'll be looking at some scriptures, and we'll be uh, addressing the subject of victory in our life. And I just uh, I just wanted you to uh, know that I kind of gave a hint at it about uh, when I posted that uh, clip from the greatest story ever told. Uh, victory in our lives is attained in the most dire of circumstances sometimes. And I just, you know, wanted to uh, kind of give a hint. I don't know if anybody caught the hint. Maybe I thought, why is Bill posting a clip from a movie, you know? And yeah, it's an awesome clip, like Sharon, Sharon mentions it, you know. But uh, it was just kind of kind of an indirect hint. You know, I wasn't going to say it was a hint because I just want to see if anybody would catch it. And I think some of y'all did because, you know, I just, you know, 
And the whole movie, you know, is it uh, completely biblical? No, not the whole greatest story ever told isn't completely biblical. I mean, there are parts in it where I would have amplified so-and-so. But I don't think you're ever going to find the, anything to replace the real thing. And if you want to know the real thing, all you got to do is go to the Scripture and get in God's Word and read it and let the Holy Spirit show it to you in your own thoughts and mind and heart. And that's that's exactly where, the, you know, Scripture will, you know, that there, there's no there's nothing that can replace the Bible. There's nothing that can replace the Scripture. The power of the Scripture, the power in the Holy Spirit. All people like George Stevens and filmmakers can ever do is try to give you a taste of what it is. But unless there's unless there's spiritual uh, uh, truth in their own life and heart, they can't really they can't really do it. They can't really do it. Okay, what do we got here? Ed, there is no reason at all for the most high. Oh, Barb, you have not been able to listen. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, this uh, this whole this whole message tonight is archived, so once it's, once it's archived, she can go back to it and listen if she wants. I will say that. Okay, I'm sorry, Mr. Ed, but uh, that's not a biblical statement. That's not a biblical statement, Ed. Okay, Ed, I'm sorry. Let's see where you at. Let's see. Goodbye. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ed, that's not a biblical statement. All right. Let's see, where is he? Is he gone? Is he gone, folks? Yes, he's gone. I'm sorry, that's a uh, it wasn't a biblical statement. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. He must be a, what they call a troll. Is, is, is that what the term is, everybody? <laughs> he's a yeah, troll, you know. He's one of those uh, Hebrew Roots Movement people. That's a Hebrew Roots Movement cult. And uh, I'm going to be addressing the Hebrew Roots Movement and confronting the cult, so don't worry. It's coming down. Thank you, Sherry, for cluing me in there. I had to get rid of him. I'm sorry, folks. If he tries to come back in, I'll get him out again. Well, we must be speaking, speaking biblical truth here. Because uh, when the trolls show up, that's because Satan's trying to do something to disrupt the service. All right, everybody. It's the 6 o'clock hour. I'm asking you right now, we're going uh, to pray. I'm going to let, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Don't you worry, Laura. It'll get done. <laughs> Laura just said, do what you got to do, Bill. <laughs> no, he goes by three or four different names, eh? Well, okay. Uh, these trolls, um, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I better be nice. I, this is a church service right now, folks, so I'm not going to, I'm just going to speak, you know. Satan, he tries, but, you know, he's doomed to failure, so amen, right? <laughs> oh, my word. Okay.
I'm sorry, Linda. When people, uh, Linda Brazzini, uh, you know, sometimes you have to, we can't let false teaching be, you know, become part of the, no, no, it's not going to happen. So he's gone. <laughs> okay. He needs to go back and read the scripture is what he needs to do. That if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved in thy house. That's what it says in Acts. Right, folks? Can I hear an amen? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, open your scriptures. Yes, it's Bible time, folks. It's Bible time. Open your scriptures. You say, where, Bill? Where are we opening? <laughs> Uh, to the 11th chapter of the book of John. 11th chapter of the book of John. Okay. All right. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany. Verse 1. The town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, Jesus abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, he said to his disciples, Come, let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and you go there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then his disciples said to his, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. And Jesus, however, spoke of his death, that they, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Hello, Jenny Perez. Sorry, folks. I got to say hello to her when she shows up. Hi, Jenny Perez. Love you, sis. All right. Back up to the scripture. Then Jesus, verse 14, John 11. Then Jesus said unto the them plainly. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, who was called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. 
Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatever you will ask of God, God will give it to you. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews then, who were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily, and went out, followed her, saying, She goes to the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, who came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have caused that this even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and the stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said not I unto thee that thou wouldest, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people who stand by me, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face with a bound about with a cloth. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. The raising of Lazarus is the last miracle that Jesus did before the cross. A lot of biblical food in this passage, my friends. And what we're looking at here is that Jesus, some points I wish to make here tonight. 
Fred. Hello, Fred Troike. I just saw him. He, he, he came in, folks. I'm sorry. I, I keep giving shout-outs. But isn't that what some pastors do from the pulpit sometimes? <laughs> All right. Lazarus. He got sick, and he died. The point is made that this is the same Mary, his sister Mary, is the same Mary who did what? She came to Jesus and anointed him with ointment and then wiped his feet with her hair. Remember when he, uh, she did this when the Pharisees, Jesus went to see the Pharisees, and uh, he was uh, talking with them, and she came in, and they, you know, they weren't too happy that she came in and did what she did. But the point of the whole thing was that she worshipped Christ, and that's why she was there. Well, they, the, John makes a point of saying here, the Holy Spirit shows us, that this is the same Mary. So Lazarus, her brother, Jesus knew very well. Now, uh, biblical tradition, if you want to look at biblical tradition, says that Lazarus wasn't just a guy named Lazarus who had two sisters. Lazarus was one of the well-known people in Bethany. Perhaps he was wealthy and uh, used his wealth uh, to support uh, Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, he was one of the people who received Jesus Christ in his house. Remember when Jesus sent out the apostles and the disciples and sent them out and uh, said, you know, if that somebody receives you, welcome them. And if they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet of their town, which is a really harsh, uh, uh, well, not harsh, but more of a, a biblical response to being received and not received. Well, in this situation, uh, Jesus is preaching, and after he's done all this preaching, uh, you know, and teaching, uh, they come to him and say, they tell him that Lazarus got sick, and uh, a messenger came and said, Mary and Martha are calling for you. But instead of Jesus dropping everything and going straight to Bethany, it says that uh, in verse 3, therefore, the sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. And it says in verse 4, when Jesus heard that, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And it says uh, that Jesus abode there uh, two days. In verse 6, it says, when he therefore had heard these things, uh, he abode there two days, still in the same place where he was. In other words, you know what Jesus was doing? He was given... Uh, time for the sickness to take Lazarus's life because he knew he was going to go raise Lazarus and so Jesus is uh, you know abiding two days and what was the two days uh, in verse 6 uh, the two days was to finish the teaching and the ministry that where he was when, they, when he got word of Lazarus getting sick so then he tells the disciples after the two days, uh, he, get, he gets up and he says, let's go into Judea again. Now, the first thing that hits the apostles' minds and the disciples' minds is that uh, last time you went there, they tried to stone you in Judea. And maybe, that you know, that's the, <laughs> if we go back there, they might try to kill you this time. And Jesus is like, uh, excuse me, are, are there not 12 hours in the day? any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of the world. 
but if a man walketh in the night, he stumbles, because there is no light. Jesus is making the point of saying people are spiritually blind, and they need the light of God, and they need me to come. And so I'm going. And he, you know he's, who Jesus is talking to. He's not talking to the about the uh, uh, necessarily the Pharisees and the Jews and the scribes and and, uh, and all them and the Sadducees. He's not talking about them. He's talking about the people standing outside Martha and Mary's house in the morning and the wailing and everything going on because Lazarus has died. And so the uh, uh, he says we're going to Lazarus who's asleep. And I find it interesting Jesus says he's asleep when Jesus knows he's, he died. Uh, God uh, looks at death as sleep for us and he wakes us out of sleep, right? Oh. That's awake thou the sleepest and Christ shall give thee life and give thee life, right? That's what the scripture teaches. So uh, Jesus is making the point and the disciples, uh, thick-headed as they are, and not really listening to what Jesus is saying. Uh, I just, sometimes I, I, I chuckle because I, you know what I do is I see myself sitting there with these guys. And I'm all, you know, I'm focused, you know, on the here and now and not what Jesus is really saying. And so uh, I, I'm, I'm no different than the apostles. Jesus is telling them Lazarus is dead. They say, he's, well, if he's asleep, he'll wake up. There's no problem. We don't have to go wake him. It is kind of comical if you stop and think about it, because what you know, if if he's asleep, he'll do well. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. It reminds me of that old uh, uh, Keith Green song about being asleep in the light. You know what I mean? And uh, but anyway, Jesus. You know, I don't know if Jesus was exasperated or if he was uh, himself. Biting his tongue, or he wouldn't start laughing. But Jesus point blank looks at him and says, Lazarus is dead. And they're probably looking at each other at that moment, saying, How does he know he's dead? Uh, we're not even in Bethany. Last thing we heard, he was, he was sick, but I don't know if he was going to die. I mean, you know, everybody gets sick, they always recover. And so, what you got here is you got. Jesus has to point blank tell them, you know. And how many, how many biblical people, how many biblical preachers, you know, how many, how many of us, when we talk to people, uh, we tend to dance around what we're really talking about. And so we're we're there, and we're saying to ourselves, you know, till till the Holy Spirit hits us between the running lights with, you know, hey. Get real. Let's let's look at right now. And so uh, Jesus tells him, Lazarus is dead. But then he says, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. You see, it would have been so simple for somebody to say, well, Jesus went in there and he healed him before he died. Now, that would have been a testimony, yes. That would have been a testimony of uh, the power of Jesus Christ. But that's not what God wanted. And Jesus knew that all the way back up. In verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Think about this. At that instant, Jesus knew he was going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew he was going to have to wait two days for him to die. 
Can you imagine what that struggle must have been like with Christ? Because you knew he wanted to be with Martha and Mary and comfort them when they lost their loved brother. But Jesus knew back up in verse 4 that not only was Lazarus dying part of God's plan for his life, but the plan also included that his death would glorify Jesus Christ. Now think about that for just a tiny minute. Think about that. Our purpose in life is to glorify Jesus Christ. How many testimonies have we heard in our Christian lives about people who died in the faith whose very death glorified Jesus? Think about that. Lazarus' death when Lazarus was born, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Well, Lazarus' appointment with death had an interlude <laughs> called a resurrection. Now, think about that. Think about the Holy Spirit teaching you that, that your death can be used to glorify Jesus. Let me tell you a testimony. My former pastor, Dr. Gar Seibert, in my, one of the churches I attended uh, for 17 years. When he first came to the ministry, he stood up in the pulpit and he said, Father, whether it's what, and this is, and this, you better be careful what you tell God and you, and you tell God's people. Because God takes you serious. You understand what I'm saying here? And this is, this is a testimony. He stood up and said, whether it's whether it is a funeral, God, use my life to glorify your son. And do you know something, folks? Within six months, six to nine months, Pastor Seibert's wife contracted cancer and died. And a funeral was held in the church. Be careful when you go out on that limb. You make sure you understand that God has to be with you and hold you up on that limb. When you go out on that limb and you make a statement of faith, you make sure you're prepared for what can happen. You make sure you're very serious about your declaration and what you're willing to sacrifice and give to glorify God because sometimes the circumstances and the situations will develop to where that is that is precisely and exactly what happened. And that's what happened in Lazarus's life. God knew when Lazarus was born, the day of his death, but he also knew that that very day would be the day when God's son, his own son, would be glorified because of that death. So here comes Jesus, and he comes all the way from where he is, all the way to Bethany. And he goes here. And he says, in verse 15, he says, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go into, go unto him. And Thomas responds in verse 16 and says, Let us go too, that we may die with him. Do they think when they go back into Judea, they think that the Sanhedrin is going to arrest them all and they're going to kill Jesus and that's going to be the end of everything. 
And they haven't even been listening when Jesus is saying, the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of sinners and on the third day will rise again. But about Lazarus, there's a point of this. And here they go. They go into... They go to Bethany, and it says many of the Jews, in verse 19, came to Martha and Mary to comfort them. So there's lots and lots of people standing around. Lazarus is a well-known, wealthy gentleman in Bethany, very respected in the synagogue, and has probably business associates in Jerusalem, is very well-known. Bible later says the Sanhedrin, after he rose from the dead, Scripture says after that that not only were they going to kill Christ, but they plotted to kill Lazarus too. Because as long as Lazarus walked around alive, that'd be a testimony to Jesus Christ. And you know, it's really, it's really incredible when you really think about it, the the impact and, and the testimony that this guy Lazarus had. And so Lazarus is dead, and Jesus goes to Bethany, and all the Jews are there, and you know what's going on. If you know Jewish history and you know Jewish culture, and back then in the early church age, what they did is they had a period of mourning and wailing, and it was just completely, just totally, you know, devoted to just, you know, making a spectacle of everything. And it was, you know, uh, all done with religious pretensions and all done, and some of it was done sincerely, that the people who were wailing and moaning, mourning, they were uh, definitely, you know, they didn't want him to die, you know. But some of them did it for show that, you know, families would even pay people to come and do this. And I don't know if that was the case with regarding Lazarus. I tend to believe his testimony was such that here's a guy that follows this Jesus of Nazareth around, and I've always respected him, and so he's died. And what is their testimony? They say, well, couldn't Jesus, who opened the eyes of the blind, have stopped him from dying? In verse 21, you know, Jesus, if you'd been here, uh, he wouldn't have died. You know, the consensus was that if Jesus had been there, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Well, that's precisely why Jesus wasn't there, because God had something more powerful in mind here. And so the pivotal... The key verses of the whole passage in John 11 is verse 25 and 26, where Jesus gives another of the great I am's in Scripture. I am the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the sheep gate. You know, all the I am's in Scripture of the great I am, who is Jesus Christ. And here is one of the greatest I am's of all. Jesus says unto her, I am the resurrection, and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And this is the this is the gospel in a nutshell. You believe in Jesus Christ, your body may be dead, but you're more alive than anything in the history of the world. You understand what I'm saying here? If you ever hear about past, uh, Chaplain Bill Herman dying, don't you believe it. I ain't dead. I'm alive. I'm alive, and I'll be more alive at my death than I am right now preaching this word to you. You know what I mean? That's the truth of the scripture. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, 
and repent from your sins and accept that gift of salvation, you are in this verse. You, or even though you were dead, yet you are alive. Yet shall he live. Let me see what I'm saying here. That's, and that's not talking about waiting for a resurrection. That's talking about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's what that's talking about. That's what that's talking about, folks. Then he says, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Oh, that's amazing when you take that statement. It doesn't mean you're not going to suffer physical death. It says, you know, if it's God's will, you'll never die. And, but, you know, Jesus talks about a generation that's seen all things fulfilled. You know, they don't die. That generation sees all things fulfilled. But, you know, this is talking about that the key, the key is the three little words, believest thou this. And that's what we've got to look at in this passage. The key, the key to the chapter is 25 and 26, but the, 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 the lock that is unlocked is the simple words, believest thou that. Do you believe this? Believest thou this? And that's, what, that's the key to Jesus Christ. Who has the keys to the kingdom? Who who suffered, bled, and died? Was crucified? Took, laid every sin on him was laid. He did it all to give us this resurrection power. To realize that he is the resurrection. Resurrection isn't some day far off in the future. The resurrection is Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection and the life. You know who says that? The great I am. The God of creation. Jesus who did what? Who created everything. He knows all about creation. He knows all about life and death. He knows everything. Because he went through it. He went through it. So there's the question. Believest thou this? Yes, I believe it. Chaplain Bill believes it. My wife Patty believes it. My daughter Mandy and her husband Eric believe it. My grandkids are coming to believe it. All of y'all believe it. So we have this same resurrection power. And it's only found in Jesus Christ. And Mary looks at him and says, Lord, I believe that thou art Christ, the Son of God, who should come into the world. In other words, she's saying, yes, you're the one. But she's looking, you know what? Even at this point in time, she's looking to the resurrection day far off in the future. Instead of realizing what Jesus just said to her, that the resurrection isn't in the future. It's standing right in front of you. It's standing right in front of her. Can you imagine? And Jesus looks at her and says, go up in verse. He says, where have you laid him? And then he cries. And everybody around says, look how he loved him. Jesus is crying because you know what he's crying for? Because he's getting ready to go raise Lazarus from the dead, but he's also realizing that his crucifixion is coming and his resurrection is coming. That if Lazarus, think about this point, if Jesus didn't raise Lazarus, for some reason, if the passage had turned out differently and he didn't raise Lazarus, Lazarus was in heaven. Right? 
or where was he? He was where all believing Jews waited for Christ to come to the earth. See? You see what, where this is going? Jesus knows what the cost is to give people the resurrection and the life. And all he needed was, yes, I believe. That's all he needed to hear from Martha or Mary. Yes, I believe. So then he, he takes this step and he goes forward and he goes, take away the stone. I can imagine the Martha right then. Oh, no, 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 no. He's dead four days. No, no. If you only, oh, please don't. No, no, no. Because she knew that for Jesus to walk in front into that, it would be he would be defiled as a Jew. So she's looking at the outward appearances. To be in the, the the midst of corruption and 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 the rank smell and all that that's defi that's defilement. She's thinking like a Jewish lady, which she was. And she goes, she goes, no 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 no, no Lord, he stinketh. And Jesus just looks at her. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the conversation? She's thinking one thing. She knows Jesus recognizes what she's saying. But then Jesus turns around looks at her and says, Said I not unto thee that if thou should wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God? I bet, I bet at that instant her jaw dropped. Because suddenly, slowly... Perceptively, it's dawning on her what's getting ready to happen. Maybe as she stood there when Jesus says, you shall see the glory of God, maybe at that instant the Holy Spirit and, and Martha's heart did what? Did what? She just dawned on her what Jesus had said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those words came back like a crystal clear echo in her heart and in her thoughts. And she suddenly realizes what's getting ready to happen. The glory of God, the very same thing. In verse 4, that Jesus is talking about to the disciples. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Lazarus, a sinner who believed in Jesus as the Messiah. In other words, a sinner saved by grace. His death is going to glorify God. His death is going to glorify God. And it says, then they took away the stone where the dead was laid. I can see it now. Everybody looks at everybody else. And then slowly, perceptively, they all turn and look up toward the tomb as they see Jesus walking toward it. And Jesus stands outside the tomb. And he talks to his father. And he says, he lifts, it says Jesus lifted up his eyes. 
In other words, if they were looking at Jesus, they saw Jesus do what? They saw him turn his head to heaven. They saw him turn his gaze to heaven. And did he see his father? Who knows what Christ could see? Fully man and fully God. But I know this. He was in communion with his father. The same communion he wants to give us with him. Brethren, beloved, think about it. In communion with the Father, all things are possible. Death has no barrier between Jesus and God. And we see that Jesus says, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. Even if every Jew in there had turned around and walked away and said, that this guy's nuts, Jesus would still lift his eyes to heaven and look to his father. Because Jesus knows his father hears him always. And you know, back up there and back up there in verse uh thirty five, it's just two simple words. Jesus wept. Think about this, folks. Jesus' eyes are filled with tears. His eyes are filled with tears. So much so that the entire crowd standing around him said, look how he loved him. But Jesus' eyes weren't filled with tears for Lazarus. Jesus' eyes were filled with tears for everybody standing around. And Jesus says, when he had thus spoken, in verse 43, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice. But what had he just spoken? He said, I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people who stand by, I said it that thou that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! I said it in my post on the group page, if Jesus had just said, come forth, every grave in Jerusalem and Bethany would have opened up and every they would have, everybody, the dead would have come forth in droves. But Jesus knows his sheep and he calls them by name. And he called Lazarus to come forth and it says in verse 44, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot. Now, at this point, a lot of people compare the resurrection of Lazarus with the resurrection of Christ. Well, Jesus, when he went to raise Lazarus, of course he knew about his crucifixion and resurrection coming. But here's the distinction we see. The difference between Lazarus' resurrection and Jesus' resurrection. He had thus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. 
and his face was bound about him with a cloth. Remember when Jesus was risen from the dead? Remember how Peter and John found the tomb? The grave clothes completely there, like a cocoon, but nothing inside of them. And the cloth napkin for the face set off to the side and folded. Remember that? Well, that's the difference in the resurrection of Lazarus. When Lazarus came out of the grave, all the grave clothes were still on him. See what I'm saying? The grave clothes were still on him. He was still bound. Death, the symbols of death, still tried to grab hold of him. But Jesus Christ and the I am the resurrection and the life, that power brought Lazarus back from the dead. And Lazarus would live after Jesus had died and been risen. And Lazarus, it, this uh, biblical tradition says, lived years after that, but eventually he died again. The only guy, one of the only guys in Scripture who died twice. Think about that. And then maybe that's another reason why Jesus wept, because he didn't want Lazarus to have to come back into this sin-cursed earth. But his death was for the glory of God. And that's what is shown here. It says, and he that was dead came forth. Only came forth for one reason. Because Jesus called him from death. And that's the promise hidden in here for all of us. At the last trumpet, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's what the promise of Scripture here is. It's a song, In Christ Alone says, In Christ Alone, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the promise of power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands our destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck us from his hand. Till he returns or calls us home, here in the power of Christ we'll stand. Brethren, beloved, Jesus commands our destiny. Jesus commands everything. The Bible says all power and authority is given unto him on earth and in heaven. All judgment is committed to the Son. You want victory in your life. You want to have victory over all your circumstances and situations in this year and whatever lays ahead. Then just trust in Christ who has all power. We've seen the power and the glory of God in this passage of Scripture in in the most marvelous fashion. And such power and grace 
that we can't even begin to fathom what it must have been like to just stand there. But we can rejoice knowing that no matter what happens, we're in Christ. Though we are dead, yet shall we live. You see, like the, like the guy posted, you can, you can kill me, but all you're doing is changing my address. That's all you're doing. I'm going from here straight to heaven. To be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Our attention, our fidelity, our loyalty, our devotion, our dedication, our commitment must be to Jesus Christ. Where the Holy Spirit leads us and guides and directs us, we have to recognize and submit to the authority and the absolute authority of Jesus Christ. That's that's just the bottom line, folks. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about faith. It's all about following. It's all about obeying. It's all about living. It's all about loving. We love Jesus. We must love him as he first loved us and died and went to the cross and died for us. We have to know that in this world we may have some tribulation and trials and all. But Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus has conquered death. He is the resurrection and the life. When Jesus said those words, he was looking to Calvary. He didn't come back into Judea because he was going to raise Lazarus. That wasn't the only reason he came back. He came back to Judea because it was his time to come back. He came back because he was... As it says elsewhere in Scripture, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He knew what was facing him. He knew the Sanhedrin would reject him. He knew the high priest would tear his clothes. He knew he would be accused of blasphemy. But he went anyway because he loves us. Because he, for this reason, he says, I came into the world. Jesus Christ was born to die. Born to die on a cross for us. Because it was the only way he could save us. The only way we could find salvation and redemption. There was no other way. If you try to keep the law, if you offend in one point, you disobey it in all points. The law doesn't save. It's a schoolmaster to lead us to Christ. And that's exactly what Jesus is. He's the head teacher. He's not just the head teacher. He's the Lord. He's the the Son of God. God's beloved Son, in whom God is well pleased. He's our Lord and our Savior, our Redeemer and our friend. He's the chief cornerstone, the light of the world. 
the one mediator between man and God, the Alpha and Omega, the bread of life. That's why the Holy Spirit exists, to testify of Jesus Christ, to bring all things into remembrance, as John 16 says, Wonderful passage of scripture, John 16. Someday I'll try to teach you on that, but I don't think I'll get through it without at least two months or three months of messages because it's just so rich with Bible doctrine and so much meat of the word, you know? You can't just, you know, you, you, you just can't rush through it. There's no way. There's so much truth. There's so much precious learning and, 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 and understanding. I am the resurrection in the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And we say yes. Yes, Lord Jesus, we believe. Yes, Lord Jesus, we believe. Yes, Lord Jesus, we believe. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you for the time we've had together, Lord, to gather here on Blog Talk. We thank you for your mercy and grace in our lives and for the wonderful way your Holy Spirit has been in charge of this this entire time. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the understanding you grant us. We thank you for the way you you just show us your mercy and your grace and your glory, and your son. Lazarus's death glorified you, God. May our lives glorify you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be what we ought to be. Help us know, to know, to share our faith with others. To never, never, Lord, hide our light under a bushel. Help us always to keep it blazing bright for people to see. And in these last days and end times, help us to encourage one another, Lord. Help us to encourage one another and to love one another as you loved us. Help us to be just where you want us to be and help us to understand that we we just have so much more to learn before we hear the trumpet, so much more to teach and preach, so much more to, to just declare as we labor in your vineyard, Lord. Oh, God, the harvest is so white. The fields are so white under harvest, Lord. So many people around us, so many loved ones and friends. Oh, Lord God, we pray for all those we pray for who need salvation. We pray that you just send someone, send us, send someone to them. And just let your Holy Spirit convict their hearts and turn them to Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for this Berean Bible Chapel Fellowship, these saints, brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. Protect them and preserve their lives, Lord. Lift them up. Meet their needs. Even the secret unspoken needs, Lord, that only you and they know. God in heaven, we thank you for your mercy and grace. 
thank you for this religious liberty and freedom we have to gather around your word and in your son's name. And we'll be careful to praise you and glorify you and magnify you with all of our hearts and all of our thoughts. We ask this in Jesus' name and to his glory forever. Amen. Well, this is about to wrap up another time together. (laughs) First time online. Hopefully I'll be able to get some assistance this week and get some uh, music so we can have some music in between the uh, the messages and in between everything. I just thank, thank you for the kind words. All glory to God. I just want you to know, Lord, uh, as as I as I looking at all these chats and these responses, I just praise the Lord. I just thank you for everybody who came here, Lord, and I just thank I thank all of you for being here. I thank all of you for investing the time here for this inaugural service. Uh, I got lots of stuff planned for the future. Lord willing, the plans will come to fruition. Uh, Keep one thing in thoughts this week. No matter what you hear on the news, no matter how many posts you see, no matter whatever earth-shaking stuff. And yes, Sharon, thank you for the solar flares. By the way, <laughs> Amen, girl. Thank you. Thank I, I do thank God for the glitches being that minimal. I'm sorry that Barb didn't get to hear everything, but it's going to be archived, so everything's going to be there. It'll be all right. But I just want to uh, just praise the Lord and. Uh, uh, just thank everybody for being here. It's been just a joy to see everybody drop in and all the people that stayed for the entire time. And I just thank you for all the wonderful uh, fellowship that we've had. I I just really, really praise the Lord for all of you. And I'll see you online. And next Sunday, see you here bright again. And invite, invite somebody to join you. Hopefully everything will be uh, up and running and go smoothly and even maybe more smoothly than right now. All right, and we'll be uh, we'll praise the Lord, and I love y'all, and uh, that's about it. Okay, all right, bye bye.